Welcome back to Strange Tales on Defenders TV Podcast. We're talking about Doctor Strange number seven, The Two Doctors, part two of two by Mark Wade and Javier Pina. And we're also talking about Infinity Warp, Soldier Supreme, part two by Jerry Duggan, with art by Adam Kubert. Really looking forward to getting back into some comic book discussions. Great to be here again with you, fellow Defenders and fellow Supremes. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. And I'm one of your other hosts, John. Yes, welcome back, fellow Defenders and the Supremes. It is great to have you back on board for Strange Tales on Defenders TV podcast. Mm-hmm. Yes, another double header. Anyone would think this was a double header podcast. Well, it should be. It should be. It's is Strange Tales. Is this the new normal? Yes, it should be. It should be. It's Strange Tales. Just like the comic books, it should have a story from Nick Fury and a story from Doctor Strange. But there's so much Doctor Strange content out there at the moment that we just cannot help ourselves but do two Doctor Strange comic books. As we mentioned, we're covering two Doctor Strange issues this time. Doctor Strange number seven will be covered first. We'll have no spoilers for the second comic that we're covering, which is the uh, Infinity Warps comic, a merging of Doctor Strange and Captain America into the Soldier Supreme. Uh, That's part two of the comic. If you have chapters on your uh, podcast app, skip to the next chapter to listen to the Soldier Supreme part two podcast, or listen straight through this one, and you'll get that one in around 40 minutes and 30 seconds is pretty much exactly where you'll get it. Trying out chapters for once, seeing if it'll work. (laughs) And one amazingly awesome and cool thing that we have found out this week is that the Mark Wade run of Doctor Strange is leading up to this landmark 400th issue of Doctor Strange standalone comics. Mm -hmm. Yes, early 2019, when number 10 of this series comes out, that will represent 400 issues of Doctor Strange comics by Marvel. Um, That's a pretty good landmark event. And of course, there are so many other Doctor Strange tie-ins, for example, like the Infinity Warps that we're covering at the moment, Mm -hmm. where the Sorcerer Supreme comes in to do his thing. Um, So yeah, it's uh, really, really exciting uh, at the moment. There's a lot of uh, Doctor Strange going on. There is also the um, Jerry Duggan Defenders run that will see the original Defenders uh, teaming up. And of course, again, that will include Doctor Strange. So there will be a good standalone issue. I'm absolutely convinced of that, especially Mm -hmm. given uh, what I've seen of Jerry Duggan here with the Infinity Warp Soldier Supreme. Uh, So really looking forward to that as well. And I believe to mark this 400th issue there will be a standalone comic that um celebrates the fact that the crazy trippy drug-induced character of doctor strange by the amazing steve ditko and stanley that he has continued to fuel nightmares and psychedelic happenings through 400 issues of comics some more psychedelic than others, mm-hmm. um, but what a great way to celebrate this landmark. So I'm dead excited as a Supreme and a Doctor Strange fan, and I really, really hope that uh, you are too as listeners of Strange Tales on Defenders TV podcast. Yes, I am. I'm really excited, John. Thanks for asking. Um, yeah, as a, <laughs> as a kind of a newcomer to the Doctor Strange stuff, as I've talked about many times, I did read some Doctor Strange in the past because I was collecting the other half of the Strange Tale comics, the Nick Fury side of things, so I have read some in the past, but this is my first big run into it. And knowing that the 400th issue is coming out uh, in January, we believe it's 
about the 29th of January, I think it's coming out. Um, knowing that that's coming up, it now does really explain why we've been seeing so many connections back to past Doctor Strange stories in this Mark Wade run. It feels like he's setting up and introducing some of the major characters that have played a part in the history of Doctor Strange. So what's he saving for that 400 issue is what I want to know. But we'll see. We'll exactly. See. It is strange times. It is a strange world. And of course, we are strange tales. So without further ado, I reckon... Spoiler-filled review. Yes, let's get into the spoiler-filled review for this issue, Doctor Strange number seven, The Two Doctors, part two of two. If you have not purchased this and have not read the comic book, skip ahead to the next chapter so you can hear the Soldier Supreme part two review uh, for Jerry Duggan. If you don't want to skip ahead, just fast forward to the 30-minute mark and you should get it just there. And if you haven't read either of these issues, probably suggest that you pause this right now download the two issues from Comicsology, or go to your local comic book shop and support them and pick up the issues because they're both really good and really worth delving into if you like Doctor Strange. It is once again written by Mark Wade and this time he is joined by a huge collection of artists mm-hmm. dare I say it, he must have been up to his neck in artists yeah there's so many artists on this I think last time we listed just two artists that were on there Javier Pina and uh, Andres uh, Guinaldo both on this book as well they're both pencilers on this book but there's loads of inkers and loads of colour artists on here as well you can really tell because there's lots of changes in style uh, throughout this book we will talk about that in one of our later incantations as we usually do but just to name check everybody that's involved in here uh, as inkers, we have Javier Pina, J.P. Mayer, Andy Owens, Roberto Poggi, and uh, Keith Champagne. As colour artists, we have uh, Brian Rebar, Jim Campbell, and Andrew Crossley. So loads of people involved in this book. I think you can tell that. I think like, they're kind of getting their style maybe in check in time for that 400th issue, maybe? Possibly. Like It'd be really interesting to know which was which and which had maybe more of a part uh, in different parts of this um comic because you can really see defined changes uh, through this issue and mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting it's also i think maybe because we're looking at the electronic version it could be a little unsettling i mean there is one moment where it looks like canna has effectively been on a massive drinking session <laughs> and has woken up with the biggest darkest bags under her eyes mm-hmm. uh, you could possibly see i've definitely looked like that after a particularly heavy st patrick's day to be honest exactly as you would say in ireland it looks like she has been on the batter mm-hmm. to be honest um a <laughs> lot of guinness have been uh, consumed i think by canna in this yeah. in this uh run but uh, to add to the artists and the wonderful artwork that's in the book we do also have an excellent cover by kevin nolan i love his work for dr strange this one here represents the two different strange the two doctors that we've been seeing so far we have the sorcerer supreme of the galaxy uh, coming from the top of the uh, of the page uh, carrying his new newly forged weapons that he's been getting on his run to being the sorcerer supreme of the galaxy and we have our traditional doctor strange who's uh, who we know now in this book is actually Casey taking the position of Doctor Strange before he left the planet. So much more traditional-looking version of our Doctor Strange. So really cool to see them both represented on that cover. Yep, this issue came out on the 7th of November this year, obviously. And issue 8 will be coming out on the 21st of November. We think that's going to be a single-issue review, back to our single-issue reviews. But we do know, as John mentioned earlier on, the return of the Defenders in their limited series could be coming up very close to that. So we will just have have a look and see potentially we could be covering the defenders uh, along with doctor strange issue eight but before we get on to what we're doing in the future john let's start at the beginning 
Do you want to tell us Mark Wade's setup for Doctor Strange, The Two Doctors Part 2 from the opening of this book? Sure. Using materials he crafted in his extra-dimensional forge, Doctor Strange rescued his friend Kana from servitude as a mystical tech expert for an alien army and brought her to see Earth for the very first time. But there was an imposter in the sanctum, Strange's former assistant, Casey Kinmont. Casey once gave up her soul to save Stephen's life. Strange could think of little else whilst he was questing to restore her, including a monster that threatened the realm to concentrate and defeat it. Strange temporarily displaced his memory of Casey, but that memory was lost until she reappeared, posing as the Sorcerer Supreme. Mm. Strange has gone after her again, powerful in her own right and angry. Casey is dangerous. Meanwhile, Kana and Bats searched for the demon that had acquired Casey's body and found he had been brutally killed. This is Doctor Strange, Issue 7, The Two Doctors, Part 2. Mm-hmm. S- yes. So, incantation number one. We go somewhere very different. We've been on Earth. We've been in space. Mm-hmm. We've been all over space and the galaxy. Uh, now we go to the bottom of the ocean. Yes, incantation number one is a fire in Atlantis. I love that. I think that's a really good title for uh, for just an issue of Doctor Strange. You know, this was the opening couple of pages. I thought this was going to be a big moment in the book. I thought it was the big showdown between Casey and Stephen. I thought that was going to be the big showdown was the fact that it's in Atlantis. But no, it's just a, another wonderful fight between the two of them, showing uh, some of the spells and some of the abilities that Casey's now returned uh, from this other dimension as Doctor Strange. Yeah, I I really absolutely love this artwork. I love the blues of um being underwater coupled then with the the fire, the absolute burning raging fire of Asterus, the god of light, which is kind of like an Ayavagmeto kind of medallion around this beggar's neck. Mm. And we have the Casey Doctor Strange trying to wrestle it off him. There's two panels in this which I thought just symbolize a real neatness to this, where Casey goes, I'm a doctor to this homeless man who has Asteros. And, you know, you can see this sense of... uh, wanting to help this homeless person and then gradually you get this evil smile across uh, his face as he takes Astros from uh, this homeless man who's saying how it keeps him warm it, down in the depths of the ocean and it's kind of an interesting image to see this evil smile coming from Doctor Strange and I really like that contrast here um, between the curring doctor that Casey portrays to try and get in with this homeless man and then followed by I have Asteros and then immediately unleashes it on Atlantis as the other Doctor Strange, the real Doctor Strange comes to face him off. And, you know, this is just this burning fire which they have never, ever seen. And, of course, we have the use of one of Doctor Strange's enchanted weapons that he has forged in the furnace of Faltine. Um, and I, it's really nice how it zips around. And it really reminded me of Yondu and his um, his arrow that he whistles and wisps around. Mm. 
okay, Doctor Strange isn't doing that here, but he, he throws it and it, it goes around and collects Astaroth out of the grasp of Casey. Yeah. A really um, a nice moment where she challenges him to, you know, come after uh, him as she kind of disappears to nothing and, and escapes or, you know, put the fires out in Atlantis, which he, he does do. So I love the artwork surrounding it. Yeah, it's sure. really important using the artwork the way they do, because they don't have the benefit that you have in something like Star Trek, where you go, ah, just stick a goatee on him, and that makes him the bad guy, because both of the Doctors have goatees, <laughs> so they both have their beards, you know? It's very difficult to tell them apart, and as you say, the whole book opens up with this idea that it is Doctor Strange helping a homeless guy, but it's not. He's actually trying to get the fire off him. So a nice little moment there. Nice little touch. Let's get on to incantation number two then after that. Who killed Barashtok? Yes, as Bat says, it's a whodunit. Um, mm. Do you know, I there, really like this. Yeah. Um, there is a point in it where I'm wondering whether they actually care who did it. They just kind of assume, <laughs> ah, Casey probably did it. Tell me about your love life again there, Kana. Kana <laughs> yeah. has a, a little slip of the tongue, so mm-hmm. to speak, um, where she kind of says, I love the way, in reference to Doctor Strange, who she has been sharing a sweaty spaceship with for a long time, <laughs> careering around the galaxy. She's built up this rapport. I still do think, you know, from one of the earlier issues, the fact that Doctor Strange wiped her mind... I'm just wondering, is that still going to come into play here? Uh-huh. You know, uh, <laughs> that will it, definitely come back. It's still written by Mark Wade. It's coming back. <laughs> I think so too, but it is difficult to know whether it ultimately will. But it's just great how the two go from this investigation into who killed Barristock and the whole Miss Marple of it all from Bats's point of view. This yeah. this, this who done it? And um, to okay. Uh, did I hear you correctly here? Now, okay, what about your love life here? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, please tell me. And we have this conversation. Because um, she actually says it's one of the things about him I look kind of thing she just stops just short of saying it but she's definitely saying it's one of the things about him i love um i do love this magical investigation into the autopsy (laughs) because it does feel like just one level above csi new york using the the level of magic they use to solve their crimes (laughs) or or betty wainthrop investigates a little bit less uh, a little bit less magical uh, than csi new york (laughs) Uh, (laughs) it's so good i mean I love the fact that Kana pulls out the wand of empirical autopsy. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, she was just carrying that around in her bag. <laughs> yeah. It's Any just so good. Because, uh, like, Bats is there, like, well, how are we going to find out who killed uh, Barristock? And it's like, out comes the wand of empirical autopsy. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Absolutely love this. Uh, but it does drive how they see this shadowy aura uh, come along and turn Barristock into interdimensional roadkill, uh, as they say. Yeah. And uh, they try to figure out who or what is this aura, uh, but they certainly have no idea at yeah. this moment. So yeah. there is this dark, shadowy aura that has arrived um, and has killed Barristock. And then it's what has happened with Casey here. Mm-hmm. Is it that the, the aura has possessed her? Is it that it's just um, controlling her remotely or is it that she has fleed and it is that she is absolutely uh, so angry with Doctor Strange that 
she's going after yeah. him in this way. But I think during the investigation, Cannon does find out that she has no power. She's saying that she can understand why uh, Casey would be really angry because she's left alone there with no soul. But she does find out during the investigation she has no power. This power came from the shadowy creature, the shadowy figure. It's important to just mention here before we go on to who this actually was. Uh, Cannon bats have been around a huge amount of time in the comic books, so understandable why they wouldn't recognize the character. But to kind of pause it on one scene which is full of so much information our next incantation is about the arsenal that's being assembled when Kana and Bats come back and report this to Stephen three of the greatest wizards or greatest sorcerers in on the planet are worried about the kind of things that have been stolen from them so I'm going to pause yeah. on this moment just to talk about who they are in case you don't know because uh, I didn't know all of them straight off the bat uh, we have Scarlet Witch Brother Voodoo and Druid is the Interesting one in there for some people. Yes, this is incantation number three. An arsenal is being assembled. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this was... Look, it was a fleeting moment of their faces. Um, I'm always a big Brother Voodoo fan, and it is great to get his grey locks uh, appearing uh, in the comic, Mm -hmm. even if it is as brief as it is in this comic. But the great thing about this is that the appearance of Scarlet Witch and Brother Voodoo and Druid, they tell Stephen, Kana and Bats about the items that are being stolen from them. Yeah. Uh, and there's three of them. It's the Serpent Ring, the Sapphire of Storan, and the Pages from the Darkhold. Yes, yes. I had to do a little investigation, oh. as, I, as I like to do in these comic books, because I don't know all the history of Doctor Strange, so I want to know exactly what they're talking about. Why are they pulling out these particular words and putting them together into a sentence that's supposed to make sense to people? Um, so the Serpent Ring that's mentioned by Scarlet Witch, um, that is a magical weapon of Toth Amon, who is a Conan the Barbarian villain. And Toth Amon drew, drew all of his magical power from this serpent ring and when he lost it he just became completely powerless and hasn't appeared in comics since so he hasn't appeared since 1989 uh, I thought that was quite cool yeah. since, since the Conan the King series uh, back in 1989 I know there is going to be a new Conan series coming up I believe it's still in Marvel because I think they still have the rights so uh, potentially this is just a precursor to seeing the serpent ring come back up in the future yeah that'd be really nice that'd touch. be a nice little uh, nod to to Conan the Barbarian type yeah. villain yeah, yeah absolutely quite cool and um, the next one that comes up is Druid. He was a member of the Secret Warriors alongside Daisy Johnson or Quake, uh, if you've seen any of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV shows. Also, Yo-Yo Rodriguez was in there as well. So know him from his time spent on that team, the Secret Warriors. But the one that he mentions is the Sapphire of Storan. And now this could be the Sapphire Bands of Storan, very likely, because they only appeared in one ever issue of Marvel Comics. Um, it's a binding spell which was used in issue three of the 2015 S.H.I.E.L.D. comic book series, which was written by Mark Wade. so pretty likely that he's referencing something that he used before in one of his previous comics. It was a comic book which had um, Phil Coulson and Spider-Man visiting Wong in, uh, in Doctor Strange's Sanctum Sanctorum, so quite likely that Mark Wade drew on his own experience and his own memories here to pop that in there, so a nice little touch, I think. Yes, and then the final one is the Pages from the Darkhold. Uh, and this has been stolen from Brother Voodoo. Uh, and this is heavily featured in Derek's favourite Marvel series ever. Mm-hmm. And that is season four of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Well, not TV particularly show. season four, all seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on TV. Well, favorite. all of them, yes, you <laughs> like all of them. But the Darkhold was heavily featured in season four of agents of shield Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's been around in the marvel comics since 
1972. Yep. But here, pages from it in the possession of Brother Voodoo have been stolen yep. from him. It's it's like the book of the evil dead, really, from the Sam Raimi movies, uh, or the evil version of the book of Vishanti. And mm-hmm. um, it's right evil is this book. It is, and very importantly when we get to who it is that has caused this. The last time the person appeared in comic books, he was being blamed for casting a spell from the Darkhold over New York and blocking out all the other states in America outside of New York by creating this kind of cloud of the Darkhold. So that's part of the reason why we should have guessed at this point who was going to appear at the end of the book. Well, yes, exactly. So there you go. Did you like my investigations into the Vishanti, John, this time? The Vishanti... Um, investigations. And all the rest. Or is it Hetty Wainthrop investigates, a.k.a. Derek O'Neill, uh, <laughs> with the Vishanti investigations? I thought it'd be a bit cooler than that, at least. It Benedict cool. Cumberbatch's Sherlock might have gotten a well, little bit there. Hetty Wainthrop. That's the obvious thing to do. Oh, I'd prefer the obvious than Hetty Wainthrop. Anyway... <laughs> Those are those are the warning signs for Doctor Strange as to who might possibly be coming back. Yes. But indeed. we have another diversion in our incantation number four, John. Yeah, this is an interesting one. And this is Kanna's childhood. This is a backstory for Kanna. It's her experience of blending science and magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's kind of interesting. Basically, after learning of this um, arsenal of dark magic and magical weapons that is being assembled. Doctor Strange opens up a portal to the furnace of Faltine mm-hmm. that he uh, has been at and has learned about how to craft these magical weapons, magical items at the hands of the, the dwarf that they rescued in one of the previous issues. Mm-hmm. But he wants Kanna to use... Um, her experience of blending science and magic to create a new weapon that is part of his strategy to combat Casey and this arsenal. But as we do this, as we go back to the Furnace of Faltine, we get the backstory of Kana. Um, you know, her planet effectively had magic, not science. Science was this heresy that you could not perform, you could not do. It was the, the 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 side of things that was heathen almost, uh, but her mother partook in this heathen science and taught Hannah, you know, the grime of circuit boards uh-huh. and wires uh, and blowing up with things with chemicals. The stuff you like to do when you get, you know, your boxed chemistry set as a kid. Yeah, you yeah. know, you don't want to create copper sulfate crystals. You want to blow stuff up, basically. <laughs> so it, that kind of thing. And I can see how that is intuitively uh, exciting for someone. Of course. Um, so, But it feels like they went on a, rather than a witch hunt on this magical planet, they went on a science hunt, on a scientist hunt. It um, really was. Because we hear that her father turned in her mother uh, into the ruling class of, of the planet, effectively, because of her going into this heresy effectively. So, yeah. so that's why she runs away. She did stay around for until she was 18, until she was old enough to leave the planet. And then she took her mother's inventions with her and went off into space to go around and start learning more and developing more. And she wants to, effectively, her goal is to build the best possible merging of these two things of science and of magic, bring it back and show everyone on the planet how good this is. 
I feel like it's going to be a bit of a destructive thing, not a, hey, look, I've built the cure for cancer by merging science and and, uh, and magic together. I feel like it's going to be, look what bomb I've created to take out everybody that doesn't believe in the heresy of science. <laughs> but it is that kind of thing where she, you know, she is angry at her father. I think the interesting thing as well is that I kind of got the sense that from this, that Kenna went beyond what her mother was doing yeah. and, and bl- did this blending of the the technology, the science, and the magic. Yeah, because you do um, kind of get that feeling that what she's saying about her mother being betrayed by her husband kind of feels like, well, obviously she was doing this in secret with Kana over the course of her childhood, over the course of the six or seven years, or 10 or 15 years that she spent with her mother before she got dragged away. She was doing it in secret behind the father's back, and when he found out, that's when he reported yeah, it. Yeah, so, it, it kind yeah. of reminds me like that her mum was doing stuff like we used to do in, you know, kind of first-year design technology at secondary school where it's like you do a circuit board and you would investigate an and gate you know as to whether you could get an led to light up or whatever by working out what gates you needed to to do to allow the electrical current to flow through and to everybody around her that was like her saying i have newt uh, kind of thing and, and bringing yeah, out the cauldron exactly. kind of thing yeah what is this and gate and if gate and not gate that you speak of i must admit i've got kind of that face on me right now but <laughs> but what effectively kana has done is by leaving the planet she's been able to practice this on her own merging these two things together to create the best possible thing that it could be over the years yeah. away from her mother so she's now probably become much better and much more proficient than her mother ever would have exactly science is fun kids science is fun yes merge it with magic and it's even better it's even better absolutely but there's one other interesting thing that does happen during this recollection of a childhood we do also see Stephen and Kana working at the furnace of Faltine building this weapon we see the reaction from Stephen's side of the relationship between him and Kana. Kana kind of questions, you know, why is he reacting the way he is and how and the, how he's supporting her uh, with the build and why he's even there when she's doing it. And he goes, I just love watching you work. I love seeing the way you do the things you're doing. And you kind of get that little moment between the two of them, which once again, because, hey, comic books, uh, makes me think Kana might not be long for this world. Yeah. Um, she's expressed a deep interest in Stephen. He's reciprocated it. And we know that he wiped her mind at least once uh, so far in this storyline. So either that's going to be twisted on him because she's going to get her memories back or she may not be in the picture for very much longer. Yeah, so heads up for those people who are joining Strange Tales just purely for comics and for Doctor Strange. Um, We also cover the Marvel Netflix universe. So it is that, you know, is it this romantic moment Mm -hmm. that they have or like with the current season of daredevil season three that we're covering is it a poindexter moment where it's kind of like him and julie where he's like watching her from a distance okay <laughs> not exactly what i meant no <laughs> I meant it does kind more, of I sound much more slightly so this... creepy like i like watching no no work. not at all no no this is just him reciprocating the feelings that he may be getting off Kana. Kana's the one that proclaimed it first. She proclaimed her interest and then hid it from Bats earlier on in the comic book. So we're also seeing that he may also have the same feelings for her, which I just think means that Mark Wade is saying, don't get used to her being around because that generally doesn't go very well for Stephen, especially when he's got that deep, dark secret already in there that he's wiped her mind and uh, made her follow a plan that she didn't want to in the first place. Yeah, so. Or Doctor Strange has emotions too. Yeah. 
Yeah, possibly. Let's get on to incantation number five because that deals directly with it. The one we've been saying all the way back from our first uh, Doctor Strange comic book in Damnation. What's the price? Because there's always a price, John. Yes. What is the price for this magic? We we saw this earlier on in these issues uh, when Stephen envelops an entire planet uh, and we see the magical accounts uh, receivable going, okay, this is going to cost a lot. Mm-hmm. But what is the price? And this is really fantastic. It's got reveal of who this aura, this dark aura is. Um, it has um, Casey kind of coming forth from the, I suppose, the disguise of um, the Doctor Strange number two, mm-hmm. as well as another disguise being revealed here. And I just want to quickly touch on that first because yeah. I do love the fact that Doctor Strange leaves the furnace of Faltine saying, you know, I need to get uh, Casey's attention. I need to focus her away from assembling this arsenal. And so he heads to Japan because Casey is after the scroll of Night Black Everlast. And I just absolutely love that name. It's uh, cool, isn't it? But unfortunately, not a Marvel Comics representation. This could be a new one from Mark Wade again in this book. So Yeah, it's held in Japan by a fabled sorceress by the name of Lady Onmyodo. Uh, which is really, really cool. She does remind me of Madame Gao somewhat which, from the Marvel Netflix universe. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so I have this feeling I really kind of like kick-ass old ladies. Mm-hmm. Although uh, Casey doesn't seem to think that she is particularly kick-ass. She goes, you're a pathetic crone who wouldn't protect a piggy bank. Um, but the great thing about it is, is or is she? Because ultimately, beneath the wrinkled skin, you get this great reveal. And it's I love this artwork um, where half the face is this wrinkly old woman as emerging on the other half is Doctor Strange, who has concealed his true identity. The scroll that Casey is after uh, turns into um, a magical uh, spell that looks like squid ink going up the arm, sort of tightly binding Casey. Yeah. He says, don't wriggle, you know, don't try and get free. It will only get tighter. But it is a really excellent sequence of events. But ultimately, what we get here is Casey speaking for the first time, really, I think, from behind the mask of uh, the Doctor Strange number two. Uh, And, you know, she's really saying, you know, the real Doctor would never have left me in the realm of Barristock. You mm. really get this sense that she is angry and bitter at being left to rot because of how Doctor Strange had obsessed so much that Earth was under threat. And so that memory was taken away from him. So she has languished in the realm of Barristock for so long. Uh, but she goes, it's too late. I'm the price that you pay. What is the price? You know, and it, it's just an, it's a great little panel where this comes through this whole thing about it's too late. I'm the price you pay. And it just keeps being chanted over and over again. I'm the price you pay. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you see this dark figure appear and you get this reveal of Baron Mordo. Yes. He 
is the shadowy aura, the one that was banished by Doctor Strange in the Secret Empire uh, run of, of these Doctor Strange issues. Yeah, yeah, I had to look that up. That was the last time he appeared in the books, was issue 24 of this run, uh, when Barramorda was in New York and was fighting against Daredevil and against uh, against Iron Fist and Luke Cage, uh, with Doctor Strange, obviously. Um, but that was the last time we see him, and we see him coming back here, bringing Casey with him, I do wonder why she's repeating the way she does, it's too late, I'm the price you pay. It sounds like he's already sacrificed Casey as a former companion of the Doctor in order to get himself free of wherever he had been sent. It feels like this isn't actually Casey again. This is just the personification of Casey telling Doctor Strange that he'd done something wrong by leaving her behind. I'm hoping not. I'm hoping there's going to be the ability in there to save Casey in the in future issues. Yeah, me too. I mean, it seems to be that it's Casey's soul for the return of Baron Mordo. That is the price. The price is that Baron Mordo has returned from this aura um, into the physical state. That he is back. He's present, and he is going to be that lifelong threat to Doctor Strange. Yeah. So, because Casey's aura was in Barristock's. Uh, realm that's where it was yeah it was being kept uh, and that's what she gave up to save dr strange so it does hopefully feel like he has the ability to get that back because coming up in next issue issue eight is called the price we will see what the price is and what price dr strange is willing to pay to save casey possibly so we'll we'll see that not just to use magic possibly it's going to be a price that he'll pay to save casey yeah. One other point before we get on to our defend, John. Just the artwork overall, because we said we talk about it. Uh, it's not actually an incantation this time. I forgot we had so many, so much to talk about uh, this time. But just in general, there's so much going on here. You know, they travel to the deepest depths of the ocean. They travel to Japan. They travel uh, into the forge. Um, we have them uh, in the sanctum as well, using the astral plane to speak to multiple people. So there's loads of different styles going on in the book. So overall, do you think there's a cohesiveness to it? Or do you think there are some pages that are better than others? You know, because it feels like there's so many people involved that I think three or four pages may have been taken by different artists to all combine together into this story. It's really interesting because I didn't really pay a lot of attention at the beginning to just, you know, the list that you normally get. I just think it's, it becomes so familiar, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. So I went into it and I was like, I actually think the artwork in, in this um, issue is really really nice uh-huh. but there were just there was a moment where it really just jarred with me and and maybe that's because it's the digital copy maybe it's very yeah. different in the physical copy um but i got a view can do that in the digital version when it zooms into an individual tiny panel so that you can read all the all the text in the box and it's not supposed to be seen that way it's supposed to be seen on a flat page yeah so that can sometimes uh, yeah, and it caused it, it to, be, to look a little different than it would in a physical It kind copy, of yeah. looked out of place. It, it kind of did jar a bit. Um, and as I say, it was mainly around the character of Kana, um, where it, it just looked like she had two black eyes rather <laughs> than it, her uh, natural looking skin that mm-hmm. she's had. That's the way it's been for the other issues in, in this Mark Wade run so far. So it it did jar, and then finding out there were all these artists and and inkers and pencilers and so on involved, I was just like, is it something to do with that? I don't know. But in the main, I think it didn't really affect it for me that much because 
I just thought the artwork was really good. I thought Atlantis was amazing. Mm -hmm. I thought going back to Barristock's Realm, really good. You know, that kind of cotton candy piece. And then you had uh, the the Japanese uh, sorceress uh, and the, the protection of... The, uh, the Night Black Everlast, the scroll of Night Black Everlast. And I really loved that artwork. I, I, I just thought it was so, so good. There is a lot of artwork in here that is just so great. I loved it. I really did like it. Um, it was just a few moments where it was like, okay, this has gone really like kind of simple or right. something. Uh, because most of it, it really just contrasted so much. But again... It's difficult to know, but I think the artwork in this is is phenomenally good, and it it moves between a lot of different types of um, of styles because of the different realms yeah. uh, and areas that they go to, and you know, it's really good. It's yeah. really exciting. You know, really cool. And there is some great artwork in there, definitely. Uh, John, we'll make this quick since we've gone a bit over on our normal time for the comic books. Let's just get you to tell us do you defend this issue of doctor strange i do i think this is my favorite issue so far of this run and because of that i'm giving it five ones of empirical autopsy out of five i absolutely love this journey from atlantis with the two doctors fighting into barristock's realm with um canna and bats were bats is being a bit more uh quizzical about canna's feelings towards the the great doctor uh into the sanctum santorum across to the furnace of faltine and then back into a back alleyway in japan in tokyo uh, where we get the reveal of baron mordo and it's just really really good i loved it. it it was funny it had bats in it it had the two doctors it had casey it had mordo return uh, and you know as a fan of doctor strange there's nothing better than to have um baron mordo come back it is like spider-man and doc ock for me it is like nick fury and strucker mm-hmm. you know it's just really really good Excellent. so uh, i absolutely defend this issue of mark wade's doctor strange and i do think it is the best one so far of this issue maybe i'm biased maybe i've had withdrawal symptoms because it seems a long time since we last did a doctor strange <laughs> strange tales uh podcast for, for you all. Uh, but for me, I really, really enjoyed this. And I think the artwork has so many different areas to go. You know, what comic allows you to go from Atlantis to another realm, to the city of New York, to the streets of Japan? Like, it's, you know, that... And to a forge in space as well. And to a forge in space, exactly. <laughs> really, really excellent stuff. Excellent. So, um, yes, I defend this issue of Doctor Strange issue number seven yep i'd certainly give it a defend as well really enjoyed uh, reading this book a uh, couple of re- recommendations for you if you haven't read them before uh, coming out of this book i'd highly recommend that issue of shield volume three from 2015 issue number three uh, where mark wade wrote a story of agent colson and peter parker going to visit uh, the sanctum sanctorum and saving wong while they're in while they're in there there's some crazy crazy stuff in there 
going to give that to John to, to read soon. Also, I'd highly recommend watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, season four because of the Dark Home being in there. That's definitely worth uh, mm-hmm. looking at as well. And finally, uh, another recommendation. The last time Baron Mordo appeared, uh, have a read of the Secret Empire tie-in uh, for Doctor Strange, where everybody's trapped in New York and Doctor Strange is trying to find the way out um, with the help of the Defenders that we talk about on our TV show all the time. Lots of good stuff to read there. And one other thing that you've hopefully read is Infinity Warp's Soldier Supreme Part 2 of 2, which we'll be talking about directly after this bit of music and a little advert for one of the other members of the Collective Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. Hey, Ray. Yes, Connor? What's black and white and red all over? Huh. A newspaper? Not even close. Hmm. A sunburnt zebra? What are you doing, Ray? Not even close. <laughs> Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. A weekly podcast coming to you from the High Priest of Conchu. Available on all good podcast catchers. We hope you enjoyed the interlude uh, in this double header, this two-parter, but we are back with comic book number two, Infinity Warps, Soldier Supreme, part two of two. It's a really weird one, isn't it? Because they keep calling this Infinity Wars, Soldier Supreme, but it is Infinity Warps. That was the whole concept of this thing. So yeah, I'm going to continue to call it Infinity Warps. I think that is a much cooler thing to call it. This is our last one of them, so we don't have to worry about it too much longer. No, exactly. (laughs) In the scheme of things, it's pretty all right to call it infinity warps yeah yeah i think it's pretty cool and it looks it looks much cooler as well um, yes we talked about the first issue of uh, infinity warps last time soldier supreme part one of two uh, which was effectively just the recounting of Stephen strange and steve rogers merging together and then we kind of saw it play out like the way steve rogers story really plays out so so there's a second part of that story. If you want to hear the first part of it in our discussion on the first part, you can go back and listen to that episode. I think it was uh, episode 184 of uh, Defenders TV podcast. But John, do you want to tell us the details that are on this book? Yes. Issue number two is written by Jerry Duggan. And the artwork on this book is again by Adam Kubert and Matthew Wilson. Mm-hmm. It came out on the 24th of October. Day before your birthday, wasn't it? It was indeed. Yes. Mm-hmm. I was very excited to wake up on my birthday to have... Issue number two of Soldier Supreme, Infinity Warps. Derek, what is the synopsis for this issue? Well, from the front cover, and again, loads of spoilers for Infinity Wars, so if you haven't read that, close your ears or pause the podcast. Uh, On the front page, we have this description of so far on Infinity Wars. Gamora has collected the Infinity Stones, granting her power beyond belief. Determined to keep the stones and prevent anyone from standing in her way, Gamora has made one simple move that would change everything. She folded the universe in half. In this universe of Gamora's creation, incredible heroes and villains exist, unaware of their warped origins. Stephen Rogers was categorized as 4F by the army, 
until mystical forces shaped him into the Soldier Supreme, deployed to help turn the tide of World War II, his awesome and awful power led him to meddle with death itself in the pursuit of victory. But even the spectral bayonet of Bucky Wong, the ghostly winter soldier, wasn't enough to defeat Dormammu Red before he banished Stephen to Dark Force Dimension. Yes. It's interesting, actually, because we don't get any more of Bucky Wong. As the Soldier Supreme says himself, Mm -hmm. uh, he has seen Bucky Wong less and less whilst he has been banished to the Dark Force dimension. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is um, this is a really nice twist on these two origins, primarily the origin of Steve Rogers. But we have Steve Rogers warped in, folded into Doctor Strange. I just want to add a little addendum to our discussion on Soldier Supreme Part 1 that we did last time uh, before we get into our incantations for this episode because I just came across the book where Jerry Duggan had uh, taken the idea of bringing Dum Dum and Wong back from the dead that that happened in uh, the first issue of Soldier Supreme. It actually comes from Original Sins Part 5 of 5. It is a uh, in canon story effectively where Nick Fury reveals to his best friend Dum Dum Duggan that during the war in the 1940s uh, Dum Dum got hit by a stray bullet and killed and instead of a resurrection story it's actually that at that point Nick Fury replaced him with an LND a life model decoy and from that point onwards Dum Dum Duggan has never aged what he'd been told over those years is that he had the infinity formula, which is what keeps Nick Fury young. But actually, it turns out that he's always just been an LND all the way through his time in S.H.I.E.L.D. and all the way through his time being best friends of Nick Fury. It's a huge revelation that I did read back in 2014 because I remember reading the book. I just happened to come across it again uh, when I was rereading this week. So I uh, just want to make sure I tied up that little loose end for the last issue. So on to incantation number one escape from the dark dimension like this is this is a really interesting uh, element here because i think for me as well you know not only does this represent captain america being stuck in uh, the ice uh, as captain america mm-hmm. this is him as the soldier supreme captain america being stuck within the dark hole dimension the 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 dark ice the black ice of this dimension and i i think that's really really interesting i think as well the artwork here absolutely shines uh in this um section of the the comic book i loved it i would plaster it all over the walls of my house um the the darkness of the dark dimension coupled to the spells of the soldier supreme are just really really nice it's um, a cool idea isn't it and again you know it's like the Captain America comic book origin story, he disappears from Earth effectively. He's he's in an ice cube for 50 years and then he gets melted and taken out by the Avengers. Um, whereas with Doctor Strange, he kind of disappeared from his friends and family and went off to learn his spells and incantations uh, with the Ancient One. So kind of what they have here is merging it together and going, well, actually, he didn't get to rest like Captain America did on ice for those many years between the war and when he was brought back in the 60s. Um, What they're saying is actually that whole time was how the Soldier Supreme trained himself in using all of the magic attacks and his fighting ability as well, because we see that come out a number of times throughout this comic book. I really like the idea that he uses his magic and also can give a good old punch to the face of uh, of Mordok. Yeah, I mean, it's really good that he has been able to hone his skills here because there is a light in the Dark Force dimension mm-hmm. here. And 
he runs towards it, but of course it attracts all the attention of the other monsters within this dimension. Totally reminded me of Damnation, one of the books that we covered before. Yeah, absolutely. Where, where and, they're all trapped in another realm and trying to get back. When the light opens up, everybody runs for the exit, yeah. you know? <laughs> it, it's, it's a really nice motif here. I like the fact that he kind of uh, rides a evil monster-type centaur, and... Um, to to this light you have that moment as well it's a nice little panel where his feet you know he's he's jumping into the light uh, and you see all the monster's hands trying to grab his feet to keep him within the dark force dimensions it, it's really good um, but you can really see it's like if you're not if we're not getting out you're not getting out <laughs> no exactly There's a, definitely a subtle humor in there from jerry duggan this time last time it was a pretty straightforward telling of what would happen if you had the sorcerer emerged with Captain America? This time, there is definitely much more of a humor in in this book. Um, that whole thing where he jumps on the back of the centaur and uh, and the centaur goes, "I've never felt worse about something in my entire life." And Stephen Rogers goes, "Yeah, I don't feel great about it myself." Onwards, you know, <laughs> it really has yeah. that kind of humor to it. it. It's really good, but I suppose moving to Incantation Number Two, mm-hmm. um, you know, he goes from um, one kind of pretty bad situation to another because he ends up at the sacrificial table of a satanist cult (laughs) and they of course are the followers of mordok this mix of baron mordo and mordok uh really really good speaking of humor yeah (laughs) yeah it's really good um yeah this is um this is a nice little re-entry of the Soldier Supreme into the kind of real world, but not because it's the half-folded, warped uh, real world. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, again, playing with the dimensions, playing with the r- realities. Uh, but I think the thing I really enjoyed about this re-entry is, is that the followers, one of them called Tim... And one of them, Aaron. And Aaron seems to have gotten a bit of a crush on the Soldier Supreme. Uh, Aaron goes, wow, Satan is more handsome than I would have guessed. I love it. And then her, her boyfriend, Brad, berates her for it. And, <laughs> yeah. and she goes, no, Satan would want us to go with these feelings. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But I think it's that, so, so good. It is. Yeah, but I think the follower, Tim, I think that's a reference to a Monty Python joke about uh, about a Satanist called Tim <laughs> as well. But uh, not too sure. Um, I'd like this mix of Baron Mordo and Modoc. Obviously, Modoc being um, a very famous villain in the comic books, has turned into a totally hilarious uh, character. He was, he was created by AIM. The acronym in the comic books from MODOK changed a couple of times. It was either mental, mobile, or mechanized. And the rest of it always stayed the same. Organism designed only for killing. And they, they forced that into the uh, acronym MODOK. <laughs> now they've merged the two of them together as Baron Mordo and MODOK. And he has a brand new acronym, which is the Mental Organism Ritually Designed for the Occult. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, well really done, did. Jerry Duggan. Exactly. <laughs> I can just see them all sitting around, loads of coffee for hours going, all right, we have to get this merged together. How do we do it? It's just so good. Mm-hmm. I mean... So this is a great kind of moment. And I mean, it is just so... I I think all of these warped uh, characters, they are filled with so many Easter eggs about the various and different um, origins and and seminal moments of these characters' existence. It's just really, really good. You know, and this is 
absolutely up front and center. Even with MODOK, just the acronym is fantastic. It's really good, really good. And, and I'm sure this is what kind of keeps you up at night and also makes it fun to do these books is, who are we going to get to merge together? <laughs> yeah. Should it be Red Skull here? Oh, no, we already used Red Skull with Dormammu. So who else would you use? Would you use uh, Bartok, maybe, and merge him with Mordo? And you go, mm, actually, maybe MODOK. Maybe you see if he could he could be have a whole cult around him trying to call on Satan from the Dark Dimension and then the Soldier Supreme is going to arrive or the Soldier Supreme is going to arrive from the Dark Dimension. I think it's great fun. Really good for you. Yeah, he's going to sexfully reappear uh, for the followers of uh, Mordok. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, really, really good. But obviously a massive fight ensues between these two and we have, and the followers of Mordok as well. Yeah. Um, And we... Come to incantation number three. I did get the feeling, though, that the followers are much more like, you know, cappuccino drinking. Well, do you know what they felt like to me? They felt like in Runaways, actually. It felt like the heads of the families going to their strange little place. Because I I love that panned back image of the kind of Stonehenge circle. I think they've just sacrificed a goat. Um there's blood everywhere. There's the 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 greater good, you know, the hot fuzz yes. kind of moment with <laughs> everyone in hooded gowns as, you know, they are following the cult of Mordok. Uh, and and I, I, I kind of really enjoyed that I element to yep. it, to be honest. Yep. Uh, but they ultimately ends off in a fight because they don't get Satan. They get the Soldier Supreme. Mm-hmm. They get Stephen Strange coming out. Kind of going, what are you doing? There's some really nice fights here, especially between Mordok, who binds with the Crimson Bands, the Soldier Supreme, who then finds his astral plane in order to escape. You know, that long, hard slog in the Dark Force dimension means that he has tuned these these different spells, these different things that he can do to great effect you know he beats down his attacker and mordok and that's what i mean that's what i think is so cool about what jerry duggan's done here we have that moment where he does the spirit walk and he sees the separation of modok and mordo realizes there's something wrong gets back into his body after the spirit walk and realizes there's a follower standing over him with the sword and then does this cool moment where he goes kind of does the steve rogers moment where he goes if that sword comes anywhere near me, you're going to be in scabbard. <laughs> and then ducks out of the way, punches him in the face, blocks him with his awesome shield that he creates yeah, out yeah. of magic. Really cool to have that mix of the two of them. It feels like something that nobody else would have come up with merging these two characters. They're just such different characters. Everybody would have gone for Iron Man and Doctor Strange. That's who you merge together. They're the ones that are so similar in some senses that you merge the two of them together. Magic and technology. But but magic and fighting and like punching is a really cool well, mix. I, th- I think the really interesting contrast here is that it, it it's that um, meditative uh, thing that Doctor Strange has. You know, the book reader, the mm-hmm. the, the collector of spells of objects, the the, the thoughtful thinker. And um, not to say that Steve Rogers isn't by any stretch, but his thinking is about warfare. You know, yeah. he, he is a soldier, so. He can get physical, as presumably Aaron kind of wants, really. Uh, you know, he can get <laughs> physical. He can he can do warfare. And I, I think that's really nice. He's a planner. He's a, yeah. And I think that's what's really good about this moment, where he's, he's throwing the mystical shapes. 
He's doing that, you know, he's got the disco lights of the shield going on <laughs> that, he, that he's chucking. And then he goes sleep as he hits a right hook. It's absolutely that classic combination of magic and pure physical violence yeah. that you can only get from a arrogant neurosurgeon turned Sorcerer Supreme and weedy nerd boy turned into hard as nails army guy with a soft heart mm -hmm. you know he's willing to throw the right hook at the right moment after he's done all his wizardry magic exactly. i absolutely love that moment and I, I i just think the way he goes sleep as he hits the right yeah. hook fantastic i'm, really, just, I'm really wondering good. if you put that side by side with the right the famous right hook to hitler's jaw i wonder is it a very similar pose that they do uh, yeah but he does meet, beat Mordok uh, in this moment. I love Mordok's response to him as like, "Oh, this plane is crazy. I'm gone. I'm gonna find. Another, <laughs> I'm gonna find another place. I'm gonna live." And leaves this magical relic behind him, the Eye of Agam Odin. Yeah, yeah, nice touch. <laughs> so he leaves this magical relic behind him and goes, "If you dare, you can also use this to reveal the two sides of yourself, Soldier Supreme." Yeah, and I think. On to incantation number four, mm -hmm. the reveal. You know, this is the magician's trick here. The eye reveals that both Doc and Cap have been combined uh -huh. here. Uh, and, and it's a real nice moment that he realizes that there has been this break in the universe. I love that in the debrief that he does after he's come back from the Dark Force dimension and he's fought off these this satanist cult of Mordok that you know he he's kind of he's kind of whinging a bit really that he's had to spend an eternity in the debrief room mm -hmm. i love the sanctum Suntorum here i love this ultra modern satellite dish with the um seal of vashanti on it yeah really just a nice little twist again and I, again it's what these comics can do they yeah. just allow writers artists to do things that you know you just wouldn't expect within the regular comic series absolutely i was definitely going to talk about that in the artwork section because i just wanted to mention what i do like about this is that steven comes out of his incarceration in the dark dimension and within about three or four minutes all he has to do is punch mordok in the face and then he re he has the tool that would have shown him immediately that he has been combined, yeah? But because he's the good soldier, he goes off and goes for his debriefs, which take probably a few weeks, and then goes off home to Brooklyn. And then, and only then, does he use this tool to reveal who he actually is. I love that touch because, effectively, everybody else is going through their own size. All of these other Infinity Warps comic, bu comic books that were going, that the journeys that they're all going on take a few weeks. But this is by choice, really, of the soldier supreme that it takes weeks for him because he is the good soldier and still goes off and does his debriefs before he learns about himself. He could have just turned that on himself immediately, but he doesn't. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I That's mean, a good touch. there's the great moment where, you know, he looks into the eye of Agamemnon uh, as Mordok kind of had teased him to do you know kind of baited him really it was kind of like you should use this because i'm out <laughs> yeah I, I i'm done i'm checked out and you get the two forms you get dr strange and captain america as their true forms not this folded warped version mm -hmm. and as soon as he realizes that the universe is broken 
he rushes to go uh, with Loki's army. I think you see the Hulk there. You see Loki. I think mm-hmm. there's Ant Man there. As Emma well. Frost is there as well. Yeah. Yeah. So Loki and just in part of the actual book, the Infinity Wars. It's a, it is actually Loki from our universe that's gone over into this universe to find all of the other people. Everybody else was either merged with somebody else before he got them or has broken away from their counterparts in this universe to form this team. So uh, Soldier Supreme is immediately back in for the fight the minute he realizes that there's something wrong here. But that is going to be continued in the next issue of Infinity Wars. Yeah, issue so number Wars. five. Yeah, issue yeah five. and it is We Go to War. It's mm-hmm. It's a real rallying cry and... You know, you almost think, is that Stephen Rogers starting to, you know, extricate himself from Doctor Strange? Maybe. You know, it's just really, really good. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think on to incantation number five. Because for me in this section as well, the artwork, again, was amazing. I loved the the bookends of this artwork. I loved it all, to be honest. I, I think it's really classy bit of artwork um, Adam Kubert's done a great styling. job I think yeah. really really good yeah. uh, but I, I love the moment where you see him using the eye of Agamodon uh, and you get him looking at the, the eye with both Captain America and Doctor Strange on either side of, of that eye and then you get him doing his whole hand spells where you on one hand you get the shield being formed and on the other that classic doctor strange uh incantation look and then finally that final bit where he's there in his blue and red uh outfit with the mystical captain america shield is just so cool i i i was absolutely blown away by the artwork it just I don't know, there's just something about it really spoke to me um, because I love the contrast of the dark blue and the light colours at the start when he's in the Dark Force dimension. I, and I love this combination of the imagery um, of Captain America and Doctor Strange coming together. It was just done really, really nicely. And of course, Mordok as well is this massive design element here yeah. as well yeah. uh, with the real 70s tash going on uh, which the Baron I found, Mordo tash, yeah. yeah exactly which <laughs> i found really funny so great artwork for me um loved this and for me on the artwork i have to say love some of the designs that they have in here you mentioned Mordok's design really cool you could tell absolutely who it was in those characters i love the design of the uh, at the eye of Agamoden um with the eagles around it and the eye in the center it felt like it is something that would mean something to Stephen Rogers and uh, Stephen Strange you know i think that was really cool and what i also love is in the background of their home in Brooklyn is how everything's mishmashed together. You see some examples of the uh, the shield of Captain America. You see some of the uh, the books of incantations for Stephen Strange. Um, loads of different versions of them in the background. If you have a look look around there, loads yeah, of the absolutely. tools and implements that he uses. Uh, love those kind of touches in the background because they're not necessary. You don't have to do them. You could have just had a blank wall back there. But I love the touches that you, that you can put that in and you will put that in. Because importantly, as we mentioned, this is part two of a two-part story. Um, there's not going to be a huge amount more of Sorcerer Supreme. So the big question at the end of this book and the end of our discussion of the Soldier Supreme, John, is would you like to see more of Soldier Supreme? If they did another spin-off comic in the future, or if over the course of these fighting 
issues of Infinity Wars. Would you like to see them separate or would you like to see this character for a little bit longer? I could read this all night. I really have enjoyed Steve Rogers and Stephen Strange being warped together. I Mm. really have, actually. Now, I just want to quickly pull back here because I suppose just the way our incantations go, sometimes, you know, the spell doesn't in the moment allow you to say certain things. So I do think that this issue is issue number two. It feels a little unbalanced with respect to that we are suddenly going to go and have to see the resolution of this in issue five of infinity wars right i think that was on first reading i think as we've discussed this i like the issue more and more and more you know i'd agree with you on that you know and when i first read this i felt it was out of kilter i felt that kind of all the stories happened in issue one and so therefore as standalone two issues um Oh, okay. And then you'd have to just get issue number five of Infinity Wars. So I wish it was slightly more complete mm-hmm. in terms of getting back into Infinity Wars. Um, that's not to say you wouldn't reference it in Infinity Wars. Absolutely. That's what you would do. But I wish this was a little bit more complete um, as a two-parter that could just be standalone. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of almost feel that you would have him meeting Dormammu read as the end of issue one, then the fight with Red Dormammu and him being banished to this dark force dimension as the start of this issue. And maybe a bit more resolution of him going off to sort out this folded universe at the hands of Gamora. Mm. And I'm only really saying that because of these two issues, you know, so that they become complete almost a bit. Irrespective of that, having discussed this now as we do this podcast, I realize I enjoyed this more and more and more in having this discussion with you. And I I think that's one of the great things when we have these discussions is that, you know, I will always come into these discussions on the podcast with my opinion able to be changed for better or for worse. And I think in this case, like a fine wine, this issue has gotten better from when I read it to making my notes and I feel more positive about it um, at the end of this discussion. I would still say that there is, I think, a slight imbalance possibly with how it's structured, but this is great artwork. It's good fun. And I can read this again and again and again. I really do want to see more of this. Right. Um, it's really cool. And that's and, all that matters. Yeah, yeah. That's all that matters. Absolutely. You know, and, and I'd probably agree with you as well. I think the actual concept of this character is one that I wouldn't have come up with. It's, it's two characters merged that I absolutely wouldn't have thought possible. And I think that's part of the randomness and the idea in the Infinity Wars of rather than snapping your fingers and getting rid of half of the universe, merging half of the universe randomly, well, you're going to end off with some weird connections. You know, the the other one that I know is being covered by Into the Night is um, Arachnite, which is a mixture of Spider-Man and Moon Knight, a character that a lot of people don't know. So merging the two of those characters, again, that could be something interesting. That could be a really interesting choice. I, I think the really great thing about this merge as well, this warp, is that... Stephen Rogers is Stephen Rogers. Mm -hmm. It's also Stephen Strange when you do that. Stephen Strange is Stephen Strange. 
but is it Steve Strange? I know. Like <laughs> I've struggled with that so, so much throughout. I this. really like the fact that the names of these two characters when warped kind of just give one of the characters. Well, importantly, I will give credit to Jerry Duggan. He starts off with that intro to this comic book, as I read out earlier on. He starts it out with calling him Stephen Rogers was categorized as 4F, so he didn't have to keep that in his head for the entire book. He didn't have to keep calling him Steve or Stephen. He just went 4F to begin with and then just called him the Soldier Supreme. So very smart of him to write the book that way when you merge those two characters. But I'm sure at the retreat of all of the writers of Marvel, uh, when they put together what their summer comic books are going to be, I'm sure they had that great moment of, okay, who are you going to merge together? And everybody went... Of course you're going to put Tony Stark and Steve Rogers together. And they went, no, no, that's off the table. And they went, of course then you're going to put Steve Ro- Steve Strange and Tony Stark together. And they went, oh, actually, do you know what would be really good? For a big change here, how about you put magic and fighting together and merge the two of them? And it works really well. He's done a great job, I think, in this book. Um, but it's not the most fantastic of books. I'd probably, you know, rating it somewhere in the three and a half to four. It's a, it's a curiosity and an interesting concept that he's put in here. I want to see more of the character. I'm definitely going to read Infinity War 5 just to see what happens to this character, how they separate and how they get back to definitely. their normal selves. I'm intrigued enough by what we've seen in these two issues, but it isn't up there with Bruce Wayne, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. from the Amalgam comics back in the day. Uh, it's not up there with that, but I do like this character and I'm intrigued to see a little bit more of him. So, John, do you want to give a rating on this? Do you defend this issue of Soldier Supreme? Yeah, I would give this four turned on Satanist cults out of five. <laughs> Um, as I say I I think initially I would have said this was a three a three and a half Mm -hmm. I think after our discussion I'll up that by 0.5 I I really enjoyed this journey into the warped mind and world of the soldier supreme Mm -hmm. you know it is that fanboy kind of fest and i like it that's good fun Um, it's good fun it's great concept and i would like to see this mashup continue in some form or another it's never going to happen i'm convinced of that but i've really enjoyed um the fact that you know these two characters have been folded together in agonizing pain (laughs) by uh gamora and that it has been done by Jerry Duggan, Adam Kubert, and Matthew Wilson. I I think the artwork has been outstanding, and the writing is really, really good as well. And again, it it gets me salivating for the old-school Defenders coming back together at the end of this year, which is by Jerry Duggan. So absolutely absolutely cannot wait for this. He's also writing Infinity War, so you won't have to wait long to read (gasps) the next issue and see what else they've got going on. Yeah, I think they're a good team to put together on this. Uh, The only one that I feel bad about is the Dark Force dimension, because sadly, Dark Force doesn't mean anything to me in the Marvel Universe. I don't know whether it, it stands out to you, John, but I think they could have gone for the dark hole dimension and made it something different, possibly. Yeah, absolutely. Something else that that possibly could have put together, you know, the dark ice dimension, maybe, so you can make a definite reference to Captain America being on ice, but really enjoyed it. Good fun. I'm looking forward to reading a little bit more. Uh, As we mentioned, the next issue of Doctor Strange that's coming out uh, is coming out on the 23rd of November. Uh, That's issue eight of the Doctor Strange arc. The next issue in the Infinity Wars that's coming out is going to be out this week, actually, as well, and the 7th of uh, of November, I think, um, which is 
Infinity Wars number five. So uh, possibly keep going with that series if you enjoyed Soldier Supreme Part 2. Thanks so much for joining us for Strange Tales on Defenders TV Podcast. We're going back over to the Netflix shows. We're going to be talking about Daredevil Season 3 for the next couple of weeks. But we will be back with Strange Tales later on this month. Yeah, absolutely, fellow Defenders and the Supremes. It has been a pleasure speaking with you. I'm off to go and deploy my wand of empirical autopsy. I've just crushed a bug. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you again next time. Yeah, thank you so much, fellow Defenders and the Supreme. See you later. Bye.